Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Youth Ministry Booster, the podcast. After being gone for several weeks, apologies for the errant <laughs> uploading or auto-loading of episodes while we were out this summer. Uh, we're going to get you caught up, though. We've got a Netflix-worthy half-season for you to binge on here in the next couple weeks as we get everything uploaded, rocked, and ready to get you caught up to the weekly grind of youth ministry through the Youth Ministry Booster podcast. Hoping you find some encouragement and some humor in these next few weeks. But this week's episode is special because we're making a webinar that was only available to our Youth Ministry Booster members, to you, our listening audience, to check out. It's one of our favorite people. It's helpful in the post-camp reflective glow, the evaluation time, the season of what is next, what worked well, and what should we do for next year. So we hope you enjoy this, not just episode, but practical webinar with our friend Andy Harrison about how to make camp great and awesome. All right, check it out. Hey, everybody, we're back with another exciting webinar with one of our favorite people in all of youth ministry because he's a living legend. And so Chad and I have got to know our special guest today for a long time and in many ways have not only ministered alongside him, uh, but with him and I'll even, I'll even just to say my own age, Andy, knew you both as a student and a youth pastor. And I will say to know you as a youth pastor is to love you and to know you as a student is to admire you. Um, although um, you're not always in character when I know you now as a youth pastor. So it's, you know, it, it was like, like I feel like there are a lot of folks that know you as a student just assume that you're always in one of your multiple characters. And then we see you in a meeting and you just talk normal. It's like, mm, that's not the guy on stage. Yeah, that's not the guy. <laughs> would have thought he would have had more jokes in a meeting. All right, well. <laughs> but we're excited to have you here today on the this webinar for the folks that are tuning in and listening to talk about camp. I think for almost every youth minister, there is a rite of passage, and rightfully so, uh, of some kind of summer camp activity. And for a lot of folks, that means a hundred different things. But I think the principle guiding us today is that meaningful week or week and a half or two week experience in the summertime, which for I think a lot of us we talk about is probably the most compacted hours of student ministry time we get throughout the whole year, uh, that some of us actually see our students more in one week at summer camp than the rest of the year combined. And that's probably, I think, a big talking point for why camp is so important and why we should think about why we can make camp more awesome. And so, Andy, we have you on the show here today because you literally run the largest youth camp we know. So when Chad and I talk about bringing guests on, we want to bring all these you know, excellent people to the table. And Andy, you uh, have been in charge, are in charge of 50,000 students a summer for how many years now? Uh, this will be my ninth uh, summer as the program director at Falls Creek. I've uh, been working there for 18, uh, in, in part and parcel by teaching and uh, helping out and assisting with the programming, but I've been in charge of the programming for nine summers now. That's incredible. Can, can you tell, can you give a little bit of context, like for our people that have never been to False Creek, what does that look like when, I mean, when you hear those kind of numbers being thrown around, like how's that broken down? What's the structure of False Creek? Sure. Where do you put 50,000 people at? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, um, you know, we're, we're located down in Davis, Oklahoma, which is in part of Murray County. And actually, when camp is in session, we have eight weeks of youth camp. And uh, that in those eight weeks, we'll have about anywhere from 53 to 56,000 people on grounds. About, um, about 38 to 40,000 of those are students. The rest are uh, sponsors and leaders that come with groups and are people who drive in and visit. Uh, we'll have uh, five to 6,000 people on grounds at any given time during those weeks. 
uh, those eight weeks. And, and during that time, we actually become the largest city in the, in Murray County. Um, Which is just fantastic. I mean, that's just like a fantastic statistic that you just like shift the poles that week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, all of a sudden there's a power surge over in the mountains. All right. Where we are. And so the and most millennial city in Oklahoma. <laughs> and if you're from Colorado over in the hills, that's right. Uh, the hills, that's right. <laughs> our buckles weren't, won't impress you much, but, uh, but, um, so anyway, during that time, what we have is we have a, a 120 different churches in Oklahoma that own cabins. Each one of those cabins has their own girls' dorm, guys' dorm, meeting area, and full kitchen. So when you come to Falls Creek, it's different than a lot of camps in that it's really kind of an a la carte setup. And so you would bring your group. You'd bring your sponsors with you as well. You would also bring cooks, and the food is able to be kept in those full kitchens. And you would prepare the meals for your group, or the cook, your cooks would for the entire group. And in doing so, um, you kind of have cab. You have a camp on your own inside that uh, cabin, but you also have it corporately with five or six thousand people on grounds. So it's kind of a unique experience. And that, and because of the participation of, of Baptist churches in Oklahoma who built those cabins, that's why we're able to have so many people on grounds. That and the fact that we've built a tabernacle that'll hold seven thousand people. Well, right. And so that's, that's the, there actually is a large enough thing for everyone to gather for, for worship gatherings in the morning and the evening time for stuff. But the actual housing is almost kind of farmed out to these individual churches. I mean, you're running kind of a, like you said, a, a, the largest city in Murray County for eight weeks of the summer. Yeah. So as, as mayor. <laughs> um, that's what I'm going to start calling you. Mayor Harrison, like, how do you begin to like tackle that? I mean, what, what, what is the kind of like staffing solution? Like how do people are on your staff for all of that? Again, like the scaling on that, I think is a really fantastic thing for us. It's not just to, to hear about, but to learn from. Well, a mayor on the level of like Mayor McCheese. Okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> Figurehead. That's the level of that. I get it. Um, the, the thing is, we, the Falls Creek Conference Center itself has about 25 full-time employees. Okay. And um, so we, what I do, I work in Oklahoma City, and I have a, a five of us, six of us actually on staff, will come down. We have an, there's five of us full time and we have an intern that'll join us and we come down and we get with the conference center and we hire about 200 college students as summer staffers. So you put all those, all that together, you get about 230 or 40 people that are working throughout the summer to manage all the different aspects of camp, everything from uh, handling people who enter at the gate to uh, recreation ropes, the water venues, concessions, uh, the staff cafeteria, welcome center, all the, all the necessary parts, courtesy. Our courtesy crew is really our security on grounds and also uh, some rules enforcement group and people who help give uh, transportation to those who are infirmed or in, in need or handicapped. So we, we've got a bunch of different moving parts on that, and we uh, staff that with a lot of college summer staffers. And, and we have different people who are responsible for different groups so that we can manage those groups well. Tell us a little more on that, because I think for a lot of folks, like, you know, we'll take a couple sponsors with us to camp. Like, what's the level of trust that you have and how do you manage that many, many staff folks? I mean, because you can't be, it's a huge, it's, you know, acres upon acres of a campground, 120 cabin buildings, and I mean, obviously 50,000 people. Like, at, at what level of empowerment do you have for your staff? How do you, how do you meet and, and kind of channel that power with, you know, 200 plus staffers? Those, those 240 people could never manage the 6,000 people on grounds by themselves. Actually, our trust level is with each individual church in the sponsors that they bring. Uh, we give guidelines for uh, sponsor selection to churches so that they'll bring the right people to be uh, responsible sponsors with the groups that come. 
they have a set of responsibilities, uh, things that they, they need to take care of, and that's been communicated to them well. So our level of communication is, is really heightened at the beginning to make sure that the churches know who they need to bring. And then our staff, uh, is you know, we go through a thorough selection process in terms of our interviews and our hirings. Uh, we, run, of course, run background checks on everybody. We then spend a lot of time training them for the different responsibilities they're going to have. We train them in regard to customer service. And I mean, I know that sounds weird in ministry, but the truth is people who come on grounds, uh, we consider them our guests. We want to treat them well. We want to try to do the right thing by them in terms of what they need and help them get uh, access to all the things uh, that camp provides. So we are constantly uh, working to help our people not only know what their job is, but to have the right attitude in it. Because, you know, you get to camp sometimes. And By the way, when eight weeks happen, the attitude that your staff has week one is different than the attitude they have week eight. And so we have to work with them about that. It's like if you go skiing in the, in the winter, you know, you get up to the lift and, the, and the, the gal standing there, she says, well, let me help you out. It's, it's great. Thanks for coming and skiing with us today. And when you get there in March, they're like, Sit down. Hurry up. Get hurry, no, finish this. What? Is week six and week seven the hardest for your staff? Yeah, well, well, those, chart, chart the trajectory. Like, what, what's, what is the ultimate? Is, is seven the low and then eight's like the, like, we're almost well, it, out of here? <laughs> it's, it's interesting because there's actually a week of camp before youth camp begins with the Associational Children's Camp. Right. This is on the ground. With the same staff. And the so, same, same staff. Row, a lot of the same staff are there. Okay. And so then after camp is over, youth camp is over, there's a, um, uh, Indian Falls Creek. And then there's also a collegiate week now. So, and those are a little bit different, but everybody's gearing up for those eight youth weeks. I would say one through three, you've got great morale. It sinks in four and five and uh, six. There's kind of this, you get a second win though, somewhere around week six. Okay. And you actually pick up the latter part of that week, seven and eight, as you close okay. it out. But four and five are probably when they're going, oh yeah, okay. Well, we're only halfway through. We had how much more to go? Oh yeah. And then finally it's like, Oh, I love all these people. I can't wait, you know, and I'm, I, I see you. the income and I don't want it to come. So you go through those little transitions. So you talk a, a little bit about, you know, hiring the right staff for every youth minister that's going to camp, whether they're putting on their own or they're coming to a place like False Creek. Um, we've got to bring, you know, those volunteer sponsors. His Over the years, pastor and his yeah. wife or, or her and her husband, there's got to be. <laughs> You can right. take other folks with you. <laughs> what, what are what are some characteristics that you've noticed over the years that you would say these make great camp sponsors or volunteers? Yeah, uh, even before I answer that, Chad, let me say this: that for all, and this is true for any camp, for all the programming that camp can provide, for all the amenities, maybe you know they may allow you in a smaller camp, they may allow you to do the programming, and they're just providing like meals or certain amenities or whatever. But for all the camp can provide, the key to a successful camp is what you're going to do with your group Mm -hmm. and your preparation. Mm -hmm. Because I promise you this, there are times that we're going to corporately get together. We have planned those services and planned them well. We planned all the recreation and the the breakouts and all that. We got all this stuff all lined out. But the make or break for Falls Creek is going to be how that youth pastor has prepared his group for what they're going to do in their cabin time and the morning quiet times in cabin Bible study, the evening devotion, the times that they're going to have together. That's what they're going to care. And really something even as simple as the meals, what they're going to serve to eat. So in all that preparation, that's big. Now in terms of the sponsor, like you asked, I think the characteristics that I see that are, that are most meaningful is that first of all, 
you have you look for a person who um, understands and exhibits maturity, mm. and yet loves students and knows how to have fun. Okay, I mean, th- those 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 are great things. And by the way, uh, there's lots of moms and dads who are really good at that. And I think sometimes we we we're trying to always go for the like the maybe older college student through young single kind of thing. Like they're going to, they're the ones that are going to have fun. There's a lot of moms and dads who are good at that and they have the maturity you need as well. Yeah. Because look at camp, you're always going to need somebody who's over in the corner going, Hey, look, it's going to be okay. You know, you're going to get through this. Everything's going to be all right. And you also need the guy over there. who's going, I will put you down with a washcloth <laughs> and you will mop this floor. Do you understand yeah. me? I mean, you know, so, so mature college students and fun moms. That's what we're looking for. Like the balance. Yes, is the well, I did not say that, but yes, <laughs> some of, some of my best leaders over the years though, have been even older. I had a grandmother that for years, like was one of my absolute best leaders like possible. Like she wasn't the one out there in the volleyball pit, but she was on the sidelines. Right. Yeah, yeah. And she was so amazing. I, I think a lot of times we get in our head, like, what those leaders look like. Yeah. And I love how you put it. People that are mature, but people that love students and can still have fun. Like that's Do you a, have any like behind, behind the interview door questions you use to kind of like find those things out? Like what, what are some ways like, cause you're, you're churning people through and there's, there's a lot of immature college students and maybe some ones that are mature and not so fun. So like, what are some of the interview questions when you're trying to recruit the right people for your staff? Like maybe you ask them to do, is there like a secret activity where like if they solve the puzzle in the right way, it's like, Mm, they're going to be great. No, but well, like one of the questions we ask is, uh, we know the schedule for our staff and what it's going to require to be on staff for the summer. There's not a whole lot of downtime, okay? So we ask the question, hey, which one of these things uh, charges your batteries more? Hanging with friends, getting good alone time, um, uh, you know, watching them. I can't remember what, there's there's four of them or so, okay? But I know those two are on there. And if they say, oh, it's getting good alone time, I just need to recharge the batteries. I'm like, I think, okay, well, that's when immediately I say to them, I want you to know something. You better take advantage of your weekends because you're not going to get good alone time at camp. Right. I mean, I already know this person may be great for as long as the batteries last, but you know those people. When the batteries start going down, it's like, my life is getting ready to be miserable with you for the next 48 hours, isn't it? (laughs) I'm taking it out on all of you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we ask some questions like that. We, we say, uh, we, we ask uh, fill-in-the-blank questions like, when I'm outdoors, I feel, and if they go, oh, i uh, disgusted. Grossed out, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you, you know, you're, did you know you're working, Rick? Because <laughs> that's, that's going to be a problem. How would you like uh, to manage the so race we, course indoors? Right, right. We, we, we're really asking questions to try to find the right place to put people. Yeah. and. Uh, and, and because we do have places where you'd be indoors working in our welcome center or something like that. So we, we try to use some, certain questions to find out certain things. We ask them uh, to give us their testimony and we ask them, okay, when you're sharing your faith with someone, how do you share it? Do you use a particular scripture or uh, illustration um, or method? And almost always they will say, uh, well, I kind of like to just build relationships. I got to tell you something. We, there's a deficiency uh, in our students in terms of like, they hardly, there's very few that use scripture mm-hmm. that will say, no, I, I want to go to Romans 5, 8. I want to say, you know, that God loved us so much. And while we were in our sin, he still died for, I mean, or whatever it may be. They, it's very few that do that. Those, 
those students really, are, you know, and I call them students, college students, they stand out mm. yeah. uh, because they, that means they, they have a method, they have a plan. Mm. Uh, a lot of them are just like, I just have relationships and I just want to build relationships. And, and a lot of them do build relationships. They don't build it necessarily on Jesus. And when the point comes where they can share, it feels unnatural to do so because I never even started out that way yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. So, so we ask some questions too. We want to know where you're at mature, uh, spiritually mature, um, if you are or not, obviously. And then uh, how can we help in regard to that? I mean, it may not be a showstopper for hiring them in terms of where they are at and they're sharing the faith, but it gives us a, a measure for which we want to pour into them during the summer as they're pouring into students. That's good. Now, our staff doesn't work as directly with students either as some camps do because uh, they're they're facilitating things on grounds and the, the sponsors are really working with the students. Because your staff's not leading like the small groups at night or anything. That's all on each independent church to kind of take care right. of their own now, like, in-house group. our staff up to come out and do devotions, and okay. we do that. Our staff do that. But we have a particular staff that, that we sign up to do that. We, we, we try to want to we want to send out the people that would do a good job of that. So. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that I want to jump back to Andy, cause you mentioned it and we kind of talked into the staffing part, but that word success, I think for a lot of folks, whether you're going to camp and you've outsourced everything and you're, and you're showing up and somebody else is going to run it or you're doing your own camp or somewhere in the middle, like you all would want to come back and have uh, some form of like successful camp. We'd, we'd like for it to be a successful version of whatever it is. And so you, you, I think, have a unique perspective more than anybody because you are meeting and hearing from a uh, hundred plus youth ministers, youth leaders every week for eight weeks for the last, you know, 20 years. So give us maybe some like, just like insight and data, like who, who is, who is being successful at camp and like, what are they doing? Like what, what I mean, cause you aren't just running a camp for all these students. There are basically like a hundred individualized a la carte miniaturized camps going on side each week of the eight weeks. So, so give us like the, give us the big data version of like, what is, what's the success? I think, I think the, uh, the groups that can come out and say we had a successful summer in, in reality are the ones who knew what success looked like before they went in. Okay. Because we are so good as people of, uh, just going, doing the shotgun thing, and then looking and saying, what did we hit? Okay, that was successful. No, we should have a target going in. I can tell you that in a, a lot of these little bitty churches that are coming, we have a ton of small churches that come to False Creek. And for them, this is one of the the big events of mm-hmm. the year. And so what they want to see is they want to see these students come. They want to see them uh, do two things. They want to see them get saved, uh, come to know the Lord. Or they want to see them finally plug in to the church, and maybe this will be the impetus that starts them mm. on, on becoming a regular, active member of that youth ministry. Mm. And so, if if they can do that, well, now a lot the camp is is the kickstart, but you know it's the follow up that's going to decide that. Mm. But if they come in with that target, if for them that's important, the people that I've seen have been really successful. Like for instance, several years ago. Keith Davis, when he was a youth pastor at First Baptist Church of Wasso, started something called My One. Mm. And what they did was they they tar- they had all their students target one person at school that was a friend that they knew that was uh, may not know the Lord and invited them to camp. And if they got their friend to come to camp, uh, their, their way was scholarship. 
and they prayed for them. And then uh, they saw, they used it as an evangelistic method to reach students. They saw so many students come to know the Lord because their friends were praying for them. And then it was a big deal. I mean, even students that were going, they knew that they were somebody's my one, you know? I mean, it's not like it was this covert thing. No one knew who was my one, but it was just a deal of like, Hey, I love you. I'm praying for you. I want you to go to camp with me. And uh, no pressure, you know, I want you to come here to see what you think. And um, they saw somebody come to Christ, and then they would stand up and give testimonies. And when they got back, their testimony service was incredible because these students would stand up and say, you know, this is John, and he'd been praying for me for a while. And I and, and I knew he'd been praying for me, but I, you know, I just wasn't as into this deal as he was. But, man, God got a hold of my heart at camp and mm-hmm. changed me. And I just want you all to know, thank you for praying for me as well. You know, those kind of things, that success because they knew what it was going in and they saw that happen coming out the other side. Mm. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, I would, I would completely agree. And I've, I've seen that in, in a lot of different contexts, even for youth ministers. And I've talked to them, right. Whether like I've talked to some, some people and it, it seems like different, even seasons, right. For, for them and their student ministry that they may be saying like for our group, man, there's just, a lack of unity, right? There's a lot of drama happening, those kind of things. And I, I've heard of guys that their focus going into camp is to kind of shore some of those kind of things up, yep. right? And so like leading into it, they're thinking about, okay, what are those added things that we're going to do in the cabins at night? What are we going to, you know, how do we emphasize this in the morning? Um, even like during rec time, right? We're going to get everybody to go to the same, you know, thing during rec time as a unified body, those kind of things. But then on the back end of that, right, that there's this cohesive process through camp and that we're utilizing and using camp um, inside of our student ministry to um, uh, to promote the success of our student ministry instead of camp just being this like standalone thing that we always go to in the summer. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's, I think it's well, really important to understand those things. Th- think about this. I mean, uh, when you think about the successful discipleship of a student, can you accomplish that in a week? I mean, come on. The camp experience is one that is the, the encouragement. The, it may be the igniter. It may, it may be that thing that bumps them back onto the right road again, but you have to use it for its purpose. Right. If you say, okay, we're going to go uh, to Falls Creek or camp, wherever that may be, and, and our kids are going to get saved, and basically we're going to use this week to disciple them, and then they're going to come out of here mature believers. Well, you're who, who does that, right? That's not going to happen. Yeah, It's all going to be about well, use camp. What, what, is it, what do I want camp to, to be? To, to move toward that in all that I do in the programming that I do for camp. And then afterwards, I'm going to set up systems to plug them right into that stuff so that yep. they're able to accomplish that. Is that the evaluation thing? Andy? do you think is, you said it earlier that a lot of folks are pretty quick to shotgun. And then, you know, usually what follows after that is to rationalize into like, well, whatever happened was a successful version of whatever happened. But how, how do we, I mean, I mean, we have to know what we're trying to get maybe with the end in mind, like, is, is a I mean, not to lead the question, but is a big chunk of camp knowing what's going to happen after camp as much as what you're going to do at camp? Yes. And, and by the way, as much as you prepare your sponsors for what's going to happen at camp, you need to prepare your Sunday school teachers and any discipleship leaders mm. for what is going to happen after camp, mm. even though they may not be the ones that go to camp. Okay. Because you're going to say, that, okay, that's I'm, a good word right I'm there. I need you to follow up <laughs> with the decisions that are made and uh, to help me in that follow up. 
Because listen, I don't want to see just a kid come to camp and make a, uh, a decision for Christ. Say, you know, give their life to Christ, and then they get back and they they're, they're not even encouraged to be there. Uh, there's no one contacting them. There's no follow up with baptism. They don't even understand what baptism is. Mm. There's then no plugging into small groups and, and getting into the scripture and understanding what it means to to, to daily walk with Christ. So so it's imperative that all that stuff be in place, ready to go so that you're talking about it during the week of camp. Hey, listen guys, this is so awesome. Chad, I'll use your example of like using a, a group that comes for unity when you get back and, and, uh, and the, or actually during the week, you know, you see your group coming together and say, guys, listen, the reason God's bringing us together is so that we can accomplish his purposes mm. back in Sayre, Oklahoma. All right. Yeah. So we're going to go back to Sayer. We're going to see his purposes accomplished. And we already have these things set. We've got these classes ready for you guys. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do this project coming up soon as school starts to try to, to uh, have more students hear the gospel. You have things already ready to go that you can plug them into. And camp is simply the vehicle that you're going to use to do that. I, I, and let me say this one thing, too. You know, we uh, we created the excellence in youth ministry thing in Oklahoma and and we gave everyone uh, this annual evaluation form, and a lot of a lot of guys filled out that form. And we we survey students that are at Falls Creek every year as well, and ask them about questions about things. One of the questions we ask is, "What helps you the most in your Christian walk?" And we ask like small group Bible study, uh, events, camp, uh, mission trips, whatever. The number one thing that always comes back is like camp, mm-hmm. camp or mission trips. Now. I got. I went and and uh, called through all the information of all those guys that had filled out all those online forms for their yearly evaluation on EIYM, and we asked them to appropriately mark your feelings about the listed aspects of student ministry. You know, and they can mark it, hate it, tolerate it, like it, or love it. And I categorized the, the things that received loved it from the most all the way down to the least. And the the number one thing was Bible teaching that they loved to do. Second was Wednesday night. Third and fourth were camps and mission trips. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. The reason kids love camp is because their leaders love camp and actually pour into it. What we need to try to do is to make sure that they pour into what is leading into camp and then certainly what is coming out of camp. That's because good. that's what makes camp a success. Yeah. Well, follow up. We've talked a little bit about following up with like our leaders and things like that. One of the big things that it feels like everyone's trying to wrap their head around and, and hands around right now in student ministry is uh, equipping and partnering with parents. Um, do you have any good advice on how to follow up with parents once we get back home? What are ways that we can set them up for success and help bridge that gap. Like a lot of folks might have like that pre-camp parent meeting, try to answer all the questions about camp itself. But like, what is, what is like the thing that we should be doing? Maybe we're not doing to help in the same way that, man, I'll have to go schedule a non-camp sponsor, sponsor meeting now. But like, what do we, what do we do with the parents to help them know on, on the other side of camp? Well, you guys ever been to Sunday night church and then have you been to Sunday night church when it's the kids musical. Yeah. All right. Okay. So there's, there's, there's when there's a few people there and then there's when there's everybody and their cousin and grandma and grandpa, right? Because the kids are singing. What if whenever you got back, you had 
a um, you, you, yeah, that's right. All the cameras are up, taking all the pictures. Um, what if you had a testimonial service that wasn't the Sunday night service necessarily in church, but one for all the families of all the kids that were at, were at camp? Mm-hmm. And you had all these kids enlisted to talk about specific aspects. By the way, I will tell you this. One of my great camp tips is this. When it comes to them, kids sharing testimonies, you need to help them understand what a good testimony is and to hear the testimony before it's given. Coach it. Because everybody's been a part of uh, Friday night share night at a camp where the kids got the microphone and you're all yours and they're, they're looking down at their shoes. They're like, uh, yeah, you know, there's this time when I went through depression and nobody liked me, especially uh, Jennifer. I see her over there in the corner. Um, <laughs> you know, and you're like, all you're sitting there thinking is that I got to get the mic away from that guy. I've right, got to get right, the mic. Right. It, but I tell you what, good testimonies are. I love listening to good testimonies of people's lives. You know what I'm saying? If I can help a kid have a good testimony and I bring them together and invite all these families to say, hey, come and hear what we did at camp with your kid mm. immediately after camp. Wow, what an opportunity to start something and then announce, hey, parents, here's some opportunities we're going to have for you. And we want to be able to pour into your life. And we'd like to come by and, and visit with you, too. So you visit with them then. You get some information. You're able to follow up and going out to see them. You provide some other things down the road. But you make something unique for for them because these are the families of the kids that all participated in that thing called camp. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. And you know, I I hear about a lot of people that do those like follow up like services and things like that. Um, and I even hear from guys that it, it almost feels like they dread those. But I like I've searched my own heart in things like that that we've done. The times that I dread them are oftentimes when I don't tap into the purpose, right? Like when I don't understand why I'm doing it and it's just like a Sunday night service that my pastor told me I had to do, right? (laughs) And we put very little effort into it, right? It's like we're grabbing kids 15 minutes beforehand, telling them to get up there on stage, right? But once again, this goes back to our conversation. When we understand the purpose and we've thought it through the whole way, um, nights like that become really important when we're going, our target here is mom and dad, right? right. And not just, we got to fill the calendar with something on Sunday night. And, you know, you don't want to have a parade of, if you got 40 kids that went to camp, you don't want a parade of 21 straight testimonies. Yeah, right. You may have five kids getting baptized and that's the testimony. You may have five kids that share a testimony of, 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 uh, of, you know, what Christ did in their life. You may have a compilation video you want to share. And inside the video, you've got a couple people that are, that have a little one minute testimonies or whatever, but you, you have some different elements in it so that it flows well and it, and it communicates well, but at the same time, uh, there's a broad spectrum of things. Yeah. I would always give my parents after camp, um, when they pick their kids up, I always had uh, little flyers to hand to them uh, that were five questions to ask your kid after their nap. Mm. And I'd always talk about <laughs> when your kid gets home, they're going to sleep until the next day. Right. Um, and then here are five great questions that we want you to ask your kids about camp. Because a lot of times I don't think parents know like, Hey, how is camp? That's their right. leading question. And if they ask it like on the ride from the church home, that kid that had this incredible experience is just going to go, it was good. Right. Like, and, and we really want them to have those meaningful conversations. 
problems with their parents. Because so, the kids want to talk about it. You said to pick the right time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, Andy, let's, let's uh, as we kind of wrap up a little bit of some of these things, um, I, I think we, we heard you talk about kind of the, the scope of camp and the importance of staff for camp and, and the prep for camp and the success for camp being, you know, having the right kind of target and then being able to hit it. Uh, what, what are some things that you wish folks knew uh, about camp as, as a way to, to, to protect that time? Because I think that's one of the things that is, that is unique about camp is that it is so much um, concentrated time in youth ministry. And I feel like everything is kind of heightened. I think for just like as a way to not only prepare like yourself as a leader and your, and your students and, and your and having the right volunteers in place, uh, but what's what's a way to to honor that time to 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 build in? Because I feel like everybody's clawing for more and more of our kids' time, and so right. what's a way that we can honor that in such a way that it becomes like this is this is the awesome thing that you can't miss. Like this is the awesome thing that you've got to be a part of because it is such a huge deposit investment of time in the life of a student. Well, I probably get in trouble for saying this, but think about. Um, Jesus for the three years that he ministered. I mean, this was camp for three years. I mean, he, he, he was with his people all the time. One of the thing, what reasons camp's effective is because we're finally pulled away from everything. We're with those people who want to spiritually invest in us, and God really has that opportunity to speak. J- Jesus himself spent that time with those guys, and everything they did, he came back and said, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Look what happened today. And you know what? He didn't really have to say that much to them because they were always going, what happened today? I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't get that at all. And so, um, but here's the deal. Uh, it's the word that we've been using for I don't know how long now. He was intentional, mm-hmm. right? He said, all right, listen, we're going to go do this thing. And he knew that when he did this thing, that there was going to be plenty of teaching that came from it. Well, whenever you're uh, with your students at camp, you know you're going to have that dedicated time like you're talking about, Zach. So, mm-hmm. And you need to be intentional. When I go down to the IC stand and I get an IC with a kid, it's not about going down there and talking about the fact that we just love Dr. Pepper and Cherry ICs, right? Our ice is great. <laughs> by the way, that's awesome. All right, but but that's not what we're going to talk about. I mean, we're going we're going to talk about Jesus. Listen, mm-hmm. we have so many people on our staff that give kids rides, you know, they're always standing around, Hey, can you give me a ride? And go you got a golf car. Give me a ride. Yeah. 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 So, um, we give them a ride now and then. And, and in, in a two and a half minute ride, we'll get down to incredible level of issues that those students are dealing with simply because they ask. Hmm. Now, if that can happen on a two and a half minute golf cart ride, it can certainly happen with the sponsors that come with your group. If they will be intentional about how they use their time. Don't let those moments slip by. Listen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, camp is one of those things, too, where um, we have to walk a balance. You know, we, we always get upset if it's like, okay, it's, yeah, it's just the emotional camp high. Right, right. Everybody's and crying also, again. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's also the, you know, it's, it, so you try to avoid doing that. Or you're trying to manufacture some moment you don't need to manufacture. I think God's good enough at manufacturing stuff himself that we don't need to manufacture mm-hmm. things. However... We don't need to avoid the fact that some kid may get emotional either. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're probably dealing with real issues and some things probably ought to be emotional over. Now there's one kid that wants to use his emotions or her emotions to dominate what's going on. Those aren't that hard to spot. Yeah. And you can pull those aside and deal with those individually. But 
if we're going to deal with heart matters, let's deal with heart matters. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, it, it's not bad to, to say, hey, listen, and we're going to we're going to get honest this week and we're going to talk about these issues and we want to talk with them. You can talk. Sometimes there are things we can share in the group. And then sometimes there are things you'll share with your small group leader. And, but we want you to share it because we want to minister this truth in your life. And, mm. and we're here for you. And so you you have to always you can't just go and say, Hey, this is a time for me to hear from the Lord too. And that all afternoon from one thirty to seven o'clock, basically said, so, well, till dinner, five thirty, then we can just let those kids go. Yeah. That's doing, that's not do nothing time. Schedule that time. Use that time. That's, that's when you're, that's actually when you should be on task. Yeah. Mm. Um, meeting with kids and talking with them and finding out more about them so that when you meet at, whenever you meet with your sponsors together, it's just that sponsor time that you have. Um, you can say, hey, look, here's, here's what I found out about these kids, and this is what we need to be praying for in their lives, and they really need it. I mean, you know, you just have to do those things. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good. I mean, again, you work so hard to, manuf- to to put the time together and then to think that you would just let it roll by, right? Like that's the – Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, you no work, way. You work all year to have a week, and then – and then, yeah, that's a good word. That's a good word. Well, Andy, we thank you so much for your time. Uh, we'll open up here. Uh, I think Seth's hanging out, and I, I would love to hear a couple questions from him. Seth, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get you. Boom, and go. Uh, so, yeah, if we got questions, Chad or Seth, if you want to pepper some in, or Andy, if you want to offer any clarifying things or follow-ups, and we'll just kind of wind this thing up a little bit. So, no, guys, I think I'm good. I'm, I'm just pl- I'm just happy to be here. I'm experiencing youth ministry booster for the first time. So yeah, uh, I got I got new member orientation with Seth. Right after, oh good, this is great introduction. <laughs> hey, I'll see you in a few minutes, man. <laughs> That's awesome. So, one of the things that we do at camp, uh, obviously, right after we are through with the summer, after those eight weeks, we start compiling just a stupid amount of statistical information. Okay. Um. We we use we use the opportunity with when you have that many students on grounds, why not survey them and yeah. find out what's going on in their lives? We we survey them, we gather all that information, we put it together, we release that back out to youth pastors so that they can use that information in putting together Bible studies, addressing issues, uh, knowing what kids are dealing with. Um, is there a, is there a place where our people can go and look at those statistics? And almost them? always, we release them on Scopos. So they'll uh, and and when I say um, they're either downloadable. Uh, on Scopus, or I'll put them on our Facebook page, or typically Okima Facebook page. Okay. Um, we'll but we, yeah. th- th- but th- I always start releasing it in little tidbits of, uh, like I'll put a little analysis with that to, as a challenge kind of thing right after camp, and then I'll put the document out there so people can download it, and then you can interpret it, at, at, you know, as you like. Um, we do that. We we also you know one obviously at Falls Creek. One of our, we want to see people called into the ministry, and we want to see people saved. So we ask all of our preachers to present the gospel and call people to repentance uh, on a night when it's appropriate. We say, "Hey, listen, if the Lord's been dealing with you in a call to ministry. We're all called to ministry, but yet there are some He sets apart for vocational ministry. Then we want you to make that decision public. We have ways to follow up with those students in those regards, and and then we want to. Uh, the leadership team at the Baptist Young Convention of Oklahoma that I'm responsible to, I, I compile information to say, here's what students said happened in their life, whether it be uh, salvation decisions or whether it be a uh, call to ministry. Uh, and here's the ways that we're following up with them. Here are the resources that we're making available to churches and youth pastors so they can follow up those decisions. Um, one of our, here's one of the struggles I have. And this, and this is just one of those internal things. Um, 
there's there's a lot I can do in doing camp, and I can provide a lot of resources. But really, our job at the BGCO is to assist churches to do the work of the gospel. Mm. So I can provide resources, but I can't. I know that sometimes people want to go, oh, would you provide these things that will help follow up a student, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. that's what you're there for. Yeah. Uh, I can provide you tools that will help with that. But unless you follow up, all that we did here may go for naught. Just have a great, you had a great week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will just for our listeners that aren't our Oklahoma guys that may, that may not know that the Scopos uh, website, if you go there, there are some great tools like Andy was talking about specifically for follow up with camp, whether your students uh, for the first time given his life to the Lord or called uh, to ministry. I know that you guys have uh, two specific resources for those. And then there's also uh, a devotion to end all devotions um, that I've used for years with my students um, that have been really, really good. Uh, the thing that I love about that devotion is um, it's systematic approach that eventually as a student walks through it, they understand how to then read their Bible on their own. Um, that they're they're not having to uh, always have a, a supplementary resource uh, to God's word, and so those are great resources to put in our students' hands um, coming out of camp. That I would really really recommend our people um, go over to the website and find. Yeah, if you go to scopos.org, uh, the resources are the pursuit and the discovery. So if you just on our search feature just put in pursuit or discovery, they'll take you to those pages. Yeah, and that. Well, thank you so much for your time. I got one more question. Oh, oh Chad's got a yeah. final question. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, w- I want to I talk really I quick heart issue of youth minister. Because um, I've talked to some guys that leading up to camp, right? They feel like they push, 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 promo, 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 right? And there are those students that we want at camp that always give us the like, what we would consider the really bad excuse or whatever, they're not there, or maybe they have less students show up than they were hoping for for camp. And so for the youth minister that may feel discouraged leading into camp season, what would be the advice or the wisdom that you would give that that person? Um, well, I, you know, I, uh, Though I would not put myself in the Calvinist camp, I certainly believe in the sovereignty of God. Mm. And if he gives me four kids at camp or he gives me 40 kids at camp or he gives me 400 kids at camp, he's, he knows what, why they're there and who's there and, and they're there. Mm. And, he, and he is ready to impact their life if I'll pour into them. Okay. And, you know, I, 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 my encouragement is this. Listen. Uh, don't get discouraged that certain kids don't come. Mm-hmm. Certain kids, there's a lot of kids who come every week to your group that are going to graduate your group, and they're they they have never gotten it and never will. And and they were there <laughs> and every they were week. There. <laughs> and, and when we when we started doing discipleship at, at First Baptist Durant, whenever Kim and I were doing that, that's my wife with with our students. Um, we'd have this big sign up time and ask kids to come, and these kids would show up that I think. You're never here. Why are you coming to disciples? Why are you coming to camp? You know Every single year, God would just slap me in the face and go, because I'm picking who's going to be here, not you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They turned out to be some of the most dedicated, devoted people mm-hmm. uh, to, that were ever part of that. Yeah. And so I don't get discouraged. Know this, that um, even if if you're pouring in one-on-one, that's going to make a difference. Um and, and so, so do that. And if, if you, if you, uh, 
if you really want to see a bunch of kids come and they don't, uh, don't stop plugging away, keep praying for them. I mean, the biggest tool we have and, and, and underutilized is prayer. Mm. If we, I mean, God responds to the prayers of his people. So, uh, continue to pray, uh, continue to build your leadership base and, and pour into whoever, whoever God's placed, uh, in your lead under your leadership and do it with excellence. Mm. Love it. It's good. Well, Andy, thank you for your time today. And uh, yeah. catch us on the replay. Make sure to check the links down below for both scopus.org, Falls Creek, the camp, and some of the other statistics that Andy shared today. And we'll see you back in a month. upside down and I'm going to show you things you've never seen.